Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Review Pad podcast, episode 12, part of Game Review Pad's E3 2015 reaction series. I am your host, Oliver Prevo, and I'm here with Sean Cromery. Howdy. And we're here to talk about E3. What else? Uh, the enjoyment. <laughs> so, out of... Let's just start big right away. Out of all the things you've heard about from E3, what's your favorite thing? What are you most excited about? Again, I... I despite being a little bit of a Nintendo like franchise lover, I have to say Ubisoft really impressed me with For Honor. Yes. Yes. I was very excited for that game. It's basically like uh, Dynasty Warriors competitive multiplayer. Yeah, it, even with a little bit of like hint of chivalry there. Yeah, because um, the oh. fighting, the fighting is really intense. It's not a button masher like like Dynasty Warriors. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love Dynasty Warriors, but it's not for honor. Oh, it just I mean, has that same like mass combat thing with a bunch of NPCs going on, and then superheroes fighting. But even like the NPCs seem to be doing enough damage. So like if you're going into like a horde of NPCs, it seems like instead of like just having it easy, the NPCs may attack you. I'm like yeah. completely interested to that see matters. like that should matter. It's not like a MOBA where oh, I mean the minions do matter in a MOBA, but they have the like they're dangerous. It's not as dangerous as the enemy heroes, but they're still dangerous. Oh yeah, or at least they look it anyway. I didn't go to E3. I didn't get a chance to play it. I know. Same here. I, just, I sat home and I watched this entire thing. Yeah, it was <laughs> worth it, though. My favorite thing was definitely the the fact that The Last Guardian is still alive. <laughs> like, six whole years later, after it was announced... Was it announced at an E3, or was it just, like, leaked announced? I, I believe it was announced at an E3, and it was sort of, like, being promoted at an E3. Yeah. And then they just forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, it just disappeared off the map. And, and like, six years later, it suddenly magically reappears. But the game, as itself, it looks... Uh, it has the exact same art style as, like, Shadow Colossus, but with, a, I think, the unique, potentially puzzle mechanics from Ico. So it feels like they're trying to, like, mash both of their, like, yes. previous games together yes. into, like, this yes. weird, like... Uh, Nintendogs type yeah. of... Yeah, <laughs> well, because well, Ico was about a little boy, like a person puzzle, platform puzzle solving, and then Shadow of the Colossus was about platform puzzle solving on big, giant, moving things. So <laughs> now you're a little boy platform puzzle solving with a big, giant, moving thing to platform puzzle solve with. Yeah, it's, the, it's both games put together into something better. Oh, I... And I've never been so happy to see a game uh, wait six years to be talked about again, like because when I heard when I heard about Last Guardian, I was like, I want them to take as long as this as possible because 
like Shadow of the Colossus is the greatest game on the PS2. And so this could be the greatest game on the PS4. Like, no doubt, these are the people who are going to make that game. So the fact that they announced it went six years without talking about it and are now talking about it again means they put a lot of work into that game. I mean, it's, it's about time that we see another uh, game come from this company. I actually don't remember what the company's name was. But... Uh, Team Ico. Team Ico. That's what it's called. That, that makes a lot uh, of sense. Sorry, it's Ico. I've always <laughs> called it Ico. I grew up listening to the dead, and they have Ico Ico, so... No worries. Not Ico um, Ico. But these guys, they are like um, the Da Vinci of sort of like gaming, up to yeah. me. Because they can make a dang pretty game that isn't like, oh my gosh, it's look high res- look at the high resolution on that face. Yeah. They make it artistic to the point of it doesn't matter. It looks beautiful in the style. And I, that's what I love about them. Yeah, like, it it really is that level of game that transcends into art and makes it so special. It's just, like, entertaining to, to be in, to, like, look at. It's like, it forces Vertigo on you, even though you're just looking at, you know, a PlayStation 2-level graphics game. That's amazing. Like, like... Not even with the graphics that we have today. Back then, a game that looked that cool, that was amazing. I can't wait to see what they do with The Last Guardian. I don't think it'll be as artistically overwhelming because it'll still have the same style of Shadow of the Colossus, just in like a higher resolution. But that doesn't mean the game isn't going to be amazing. I think we're going to leave the like extreme stylistic to potentially something that was like um, in the Microsoft conference, like Cuphead. Yeah, you, that thing looked amazing. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Being a big fan of platformers, Cuphead was is like a dream come true. It is unique. It is fascinating. The old cartoony style. Every single enemy. It feels like you're reliving. Um, I'm gonna say the 80s or 70s of cartoons in a platformer. Yeah, that's something that has not been done yet. That is a new aesthetic that is very exciting. Um, it's not, like, the most... It's a puzzle. It's a platformer. Like, we've seen so many platformers that um, I'm not, like, amazed that much by the game. But I really like it. I would like to play it and see... Because it, it, it could be an amazing platformer, but just for the art style alone, it gets points. You're right. It certainly does. Well, I mean, a lot of games sort of, like, we, we give it, like, points for the style. We give it points for the um, the aesthetic look. Because, again, a lot of these things, which have seemed to be a trend this E3, was just cinematic trailers. There was a lot of cinematic trailers that didn't show any gameplay, which really, which really scared me. Yeah. And seeing gameplay in games like Last Guardian, Cuphead, For Honor, and to have their developers, like For Honor's developer, be really into it, just really sells the game. Um, that's yeah. where I felt like those games soared. Well, um... Most of the, the the trailers they had for that were just uh, cinematics were for games like Fallout 4 and games like Gears of War and Halo. They did have gameplay segments, like you saw people playing the game, but they didn't really have game gameplay trailer showcases. But like you 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 know what those games are going to be like. Oh, exactly. Yeah, because you you played the the prequels, but there was one game um, that I think Sony released. What was it? Dreams. Yes. Yes. They. I. I don't understand what Dreams is at all. <laughs> I learned nothing. 
It looks what? really cool. It's like randomly generated video game, I think. No, uh, it's more of like think think of like having like Microsoft Paint, but on a, like an an epic scale. It's so it's a um, game maker. It seems like it, no, it seems more like an animation maker. Like if you take like the style of probably say Little Big Planet, and you're able to like make these fantastic animations that we saw from coming from there that are, are extremely stylistic, and of course that's probably what's going to be the style of the game. Yeah, but you're able to jump jump into other people's streams or something. But stuff. it's basically a game maker, right? You you build a you build thing your, yeah. in a game world, and then you can go to other people's dreams and look at it and put them together or something. That's cool. I, I I'm I'm personally interested. I don't know if I'm sold. Exactly. I'm like it's a cool concept, but so like, do I really want to go play Dreams? Not really. <laughs> It's a cool idea, though. It's a very cool idea. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm probably like, as soon as I hear like a good word about it, I'm gonna be like sold. Yeah, there are a couple of games like that where you just like you learn nothing. You learn that the game exists, um, well, and one of the games, uh, the universe sandbox. I forget what it was called. Uh, no Man's Sky. Yes. Well, because the the developer didn't have a lot of money and only had a little amount of time, or whoever was showcasing it, he only had like fifteen minutes. What they gave him, like that was it. Well, that's what that's what I think a lot of like the indie developers had was they were just like given like this, they're like go present your game. Exactly. And yeah. Especially, especially a game that's as large as No Man's Sky, you need to really sell that. Yeah. You need to sell yeah. how large it is. I think well, that's that. exact. That's the only thing he was able to do was sell how large it was. But I think that's all essentially because everyone is already so hyped about this game that it's coming down to you need to keep on selling the largeness of this game. Yeah, but th that's what happens is you sell like, oh, it's the biggest game ever. But then it's just like the, the biggest game? game that's full of like unentertaining gameplay. And then it was all hype for nothing. Like we've seen that too many times. We have seen that. Too many times. So, like, I don't not saying that that game is that, but because he didn't get a chance to show the game, like that's all it could be. I'm not told because I don't know. I didn't. We'll have to wait for more. Oh, we do. Yeah. Stupid capitalism, <laughs> bringing the young, the small man down. <laughs> but speaking of small men, uh, how did you? Th what did you think about the game Unraveled? Unraveled. Yeah. I actually, it was just like uh, a platform with an aesthetic, kind of like a cuphead, but it wasn't like as entertaining of an aesthetic. But I, I think for me, what this really shows is I, um, any developers coming into the spotlight and seeing how humbling that developer was when he held that little yarny doll in his hands. And yeah. he sort of like, and he sort of like moved his arm, and you can see his hands shaking like unbelievably. I feel like in the industry of a lot of executives that just come out and they're like, "Oh, here's our game. We we've, we've read this speech multiple times. Here's yeah. our game." Yeah. And when we get a developer like that who's so invested in this game, who yeah. loves this game so much, who has that unorthodox style of presentation, it really is what sells the heart. It sells the interest because, yeah. Yeah. for me. As you said, Unraveled is a is a game about memories. It's about it's about finding the um finding the journey. I think of a person, and you're retracing your steps. So, huh. I think it could be interesting. Yeah, but... 
I don't know. I've always been a a gameplay based, like a gameplay and progression based gamer. So something that's very neat, while I certainly appreciate it, doesn't super interest me that much. And heart doesn't always make a good game as much as you want it to. There's so much. There's so much that goes into making a game today that it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love it, but we'll see. I don't know. There, there can always be something special. There's always more to a game than meets the eye than what you get to see at E3, but... Completely true. I, was, I wasn't really super interested in that game. I don't know why. I just didn't... I didn't like the aesthetic. It looked dinky. Like, just a little simple platformer. I think for me, what really sold it was because I come from originally, like, a, game, a platformer background. I've played Mega Man all my life. I've played all these different games. Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up with, with... I was, like, PlayStation with Crash Bandicoot and Spyro. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. All the platforming. But that, it was just, like, a simple 2D platformer with some string elements. There were nice string elements. Like, cool. I've seen that string idea before. Yeah, Kirby's Epic Yarn. Yeah, and even Even stuff. Yoshi's Woolly World. Like, I don't... I, I think that... Having a more realistic look to it will differentiate it from from those different yarn games that seem like yeah really, like they like the yarn games have their like specific aesthetic, and then you have something like Unravel that has like this realistic setting, like when the car almost ran it over. I was like, wow, like this isn't this is more so a game built on realism, even though it's kind of awkward to say that when you're playing a little tiny yarn dude. Yeah. And those those kind of like like uh, Shadow of the Colossus is a bad example because it looks exciting to begin with. But the games that are just good for some reason, like they're moving or emotional or they tell a good story, kind of like Limbo. Do you remember Limbo? I remember. Little... Have not played. Yeah. Well, that game was amazing because it like had emotion to it. It was somber and it made you feel things. But if you just saw a fifteen second like gameplay trailer. It's not that exciting. You just run and jump. It's really simple. There aren't like super amazing puzzles in the game, but you enjoy the game so much because it's super like moving. Those are the games that are hard to to show at E three because like you have to experience it. Like Oh. If you gave away the experience you'd lose part of the game, but I don't know what else you do about it. You just have to play it and find out. Well, I think that's what we're gonna have to do with like a lot of these games. Oh yeah. I mean, we're we're being told announcements and we're being told all these different types of things, but that translates very differently when you're having that own unique game experience to you. Yeah. So E three is nice, but I mean at the exact same time don't expect everything that every, everything to be golden oh, yeah. when you play it. I was super excited for Dark Souls three. Did you play Dark Souls? <laughs> I've played I and I'm I'm a, actually a big believer of that it stinks. Really? Why is that? I I don't like it. Why I, is that? I think a game being hard for hard's sake just for the sake of like having that like niche market didn't interest me. And this trailer didn't interest me more. I've played Dark Souls 1. I've played Dark Souls 2. How long? Um Dark Souls 1, I played with a person all the way until you can um I beat the of some some fire thing and then a, a lot of a, a lot Bed of, of other chaos things. or um, chaos chaos witch quail egg 
I, I think that, yeah, it's a Chaos Witch. Yeah, um, so the beginning of the game, pretty much. Yeah, I, I beat basically like the first the first set of bosses yeah. that you needed to beat. Yeah. And I I played with a friend, and we played that far. I could not do that by myself. I, I will admit, I am very inept at Dark Souls. Yeah. I think that's what's going to... Well, sort of see, like... the thing, Dark Souls isn't just, like, especially Dark Souls 1. I'm going to talk about Dark Souls 1 here because I think it's the best. But it's not about the fact that it's hard. It's really hard, and that makes it super rewarding when you're good at it. Like, like when I play Dark Souls, I die, like, like eight times a playthrough. Not counting, like, dying a couple times on a boss, but, like, shit just happens, you die. But I can run through that game and just, like, kick ass because I'm really good at video games, and I've played it through. And it's so satisfying when you can play that game. It's, like super rewarding and that's what makes dark souls that's why dark souls is so popular because it's this you euf- triumphant euphoria when you finally beat that boss and when you're good enough to beat that boss like reliably and yeah that's the the downside when you go with difficulty you like turn away people who aren't either just aren't good enough or don't want to try and get good enough because when I bought Dark Souls, I I did the thing that every other gamer did, which was go run towards the catacombs and die to the <laughs> the respawning skeletons a million times, and then I sold the game, and then I bought it like uh like a year later, and was like, okay, see, I understand what I was supposed to do again. Same thing I did with Fallout, I uh, like, and then it's it is one of my favorite games of all time. But the other thing that makes Dark Souls really good is it has that same that same artistic aspect to it that like Shadow of the Colossus does. The things that From Software does is they tell you a grandiose and detailed story and you usually meet every member or element in that story in the game, but you're not told a single word of it. You talk to like eight people who give you like four lines of dialogue and then you have to look at your surroundings and read item descriptions to get little bits of pieces and then piece it together. The story is all there, but you figure out the story. And that makes Dark Souls really cool. But the thing is about Dark Souls 3, and this is not me just getting like, this is my first instinct on the game. It's become a yearly franchise. If you think about it, Dark Souls 2 came out two years ago. Or it came out a a year or two ago. Bloodborne, a game extremely similar, came out either this year or the last. Dark Souls 3 is going to come out next year. Yeah, you're right. And we don't know, still don't know a lick about it. Nope. This is just an announcement trailer. I have to say, watching the announcement trailer, all my friends were going ballistic. I I wasn't because it didn't sell me. Right, you you saw nothing. You, You see a lot if you understand Dark Souls. Like, there's... All the the little bit that you did see could mean so much in a Dark Souls world, but yeah, it could like what was so I can't really ask you what your opinion of Dark Souls Two was, but everybody thinks that Dark Souls Two sucks a lot compared to Dark Souls One. Oh, I played Dark Souls Two, which uh, yeah, but you I hate actually, both. So I I hate both, but I think um yeah I do like number one more. I even though for me I like the I like the um I'm gonna be honest. I felt Dark Souls 2 was a little bit more easier. Yes. So it was easier for me to get into. Dark Souls 2 had better mechanics. Same, yeah, it did, but I didn't... I think that everyone harping on that for better mechanics was that was that they're like, I want it to be harder. I want it to be the exact same thing as Dark Souls 1. I'm like... Uh, I'm they, like wanted, I actually... they wanted what... Another thing that makes Dark Souls good, which is the way the map like interlocks with itself and redoubles, and it's all one like area. You're never like 
separating from that. You can go anywhere at any time, and there's multiple ways to get from point A to point B. Well, like Dark Souls 2, they just had like four tendrils out from a center point, and then you like go down each one. So it was like, eh. <laughs> eh. Okay, let's get into one of the biggest bombs of the Sony conference. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes, it finally happened. We've been waiting for so long, and it finally happened because it needed to happen. But I learned something that has, like, soured me about the whole thing. Oh, really? They're what is that? changing the story. The story is not going to be exactly the same as yes! it was. I am not a purist. It's not about purity. The, the thing is that, like, what made uh, Final Fantasy VII so good was the story. Like, Final Fantasy VII has a really simple battle system. It's a great RPG and it has really bad graphics. But, like, the story and what happens in it and the ride that is, uh, like, a Final Fantasy RPG is why Final Fantasy VII is such a prolific game. So if you go and make a remake of that and then you change that key formula, it's not the same game. It's not Final Fantasy VII, it's Final Fantasy fourteen two, uh, Seven times two, like it's, times. it's it's the story is going to be different and it's going to suck. That's my main fear because that's ex like that's what happened to the last couple, like Final Fantasies. They weren't that great. Final Hallway, as I love to call it. Our final Hallways. Yeah, I have every so, single one of them. <laughs> don't blame you, but yeah. So I'm not saying that it dooms the remake. It could be amazing. It could be as good as everybody wants it to be. But like, I'm I'm afraid because of that. I think because, and this is probably going to be, a lot of people would hate me for this, but I'm not a fan of Final Fantasy VII. And why is that? Because I actually really didn't like the game. It's like every other um, Final Fantasy, but that's the one that everyone gravitates to because they're like, oh my god, this story is so much better than that story. Exactly. I gravitated to twelve because I felt like the story was extremely unorthodox. It was... A little bit more different, and I was more gravitated to that. So I think, well, yeah. it, on the basis of story, I'm more interested to see what they can concoct. Because when I played Crisis Core for the PSP, my mind was blown at how much, how well the backstory did. Yeah. That game impressed me yeah. so much that I actually asked my friend, "Do you, can and I can I borrow your PS uh, the PS One Final Fantasy Seven? Because I'm like, I need to play this thing to understand this story better. Because I was just in awe of Crisis Core. And you have to now see potentially a game that has the exact same quality as Crisis Core did in animation, even better animation, most yeah. likely, to a game that, that is like Final Fantasy VII, remaking the story, probably may even benefit that in the timeline set. Yeah. I mean, in the timeline I, as, as long as they keep it, like, similar, like, I basically, I want to see the full 1080p rendering of the plate dropping, like, yeah. killing the slums. I want to see that. That's going to be amazing. But, you know, there's something about it. And, like, yeah, like, liking stories is like liking music as well as games. It's all opinion-based. So one person cannot like it just because they don't like it. But I just, there's something wrong with changing what I believe to be the like the the biggest reason why a game is so popular. To change that makes it a different game. I, 
I personally think because Final Fantasy VII came at a new age. This was Final Fantasy in 3D. That's that right. was amazing at the time. Yeah, it was. At the time, that was revolutionary. Yeah. It was what it was what started the RPG freight, like uh, fanaticism yeah. down in the West. Yeah, everyone was loving this game. We're we're seeing it in Kingdom Hearts. We're seeing it brought back in multiple things. This is the thing that everyone loves. Dissidia, who what did you want to who did you want to play the most out of every single Final Fantasy character? Heck, Sephiroth. Yeah. Why? Because he's the because he's the main character from Final Fantasy VII. I want to see where they can take that. Yeah. Uh, total train of thought just crashed. It's over. <laughs> GG. GG. I had something, yeah. and then it's gone. Um, well, then let me bring let me bring something that I've personally been waiting so long for to see more of it, but I felt that they kind of killed my interest for it. Okay, alright. This is this is Nintendo's and I'm gonna butcher this name. Jenai Ibun Roku, which is the Fire Emblem X Shimigami Tensai crossover. Ooh. I actually think they killed this for me. How's that? So on the trailer. Because when I saw it originally, I'm thinking, okay, they look it looks like they're gonna bring they're gonna incorporate Final Fantasy gameplay. They're gonna incorporate Shimigami Tensai gameplay. Let's see this mashup. This looks awesome right now. And then I see it's basically a Shin Megami Tensei game with Firebomb characters as the summons. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, but Final Fantasy. Yeah. I mean, wait, the fun of Final Fantasy, Firebomb, Freudian Slip. Yeah. Um, like, I didn't get the feel. And then I see, like, Tiki singing. And then I see a lot of singing. And I'm thinking I'm not I'm not going to um what are what are those can what are those uh, concerts the where uh uh it's like Hatsune Miku oh yes the yes. Vocaloids yes I'm not I don't want to go to a Vocaloid concert I want to play a game that is that is Fire Emblem and Shimigami Tensei yeah and I, yeah that's what they tell me. yeah it's not the same thing it's like uh do you remember uh Hyrule Warriors. Oh dear. Yeah, that, that that yeah, that wasn't what you wanted it to be. It was just it was just Final Fantasy with Zelda characters. Like I mean, uh, sorry, not Final uh, Fantasy. Uh, it was Dynasty, Dynasty Warriors. Warriors with uh, Zelda characters. Final, <laughs> Final Fantasy thoughts coming back. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, that's always a shame. Oh well, it'll it'll appease to somebody. Well, I'll still buy it. I mean, yeah, well. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like in that realm of I'll buy it anyways. Yeah, right. I'm still disappointed. I'll buy it. I mean, it saying a game sucks and owning it gives you a lot of leverage. Saying okay. a game sucks and not owning it doesn't, like, you know. Exactly. You have to have an, a valid, like, you have to have a respected opinion before you can just start ratting on games. Because I personally am so, like, I'm in love with both of those franchises. Yeah. Like, Shimigami Tensei has been pumping out amazing games, especially in the PS2 era. Um, and even now, like, I was very surprised when I didn't see a Persona 5 trailer at all in the Sony conference. Um, where I was just waiting for it, and it didn't happen. But at the exact same time, I think this sort of, like, killed the, killed the Shimigami Tensei vibe. Yeah. I didn't really wanted to see any of that. 
essentially. Yeah. So I thought there was something about Persona. There, there was. They did release a trailer for it, but it wasn't on the conference floor. Oh. I think they think it's more of a niche market mm. in comparison to like more of their like important games. I'm not sure. I don't know. It's you don't get a lot of time, and there's a lot of content, and like you know, so sometimes things things may just get left out because of time constraints. But there were things that you could really like sort of drop from the conference. Like I'm gonna be honest, PlayStation lost to Microsoft, and this is me being a Sony fanboy. PlayStation lost to Microsoft in the form of features this E3. Project Morpheus wasn't excited. It didn't show much of anything of it. It's it's holographic. You need to experience it. Yeah. You didn't need to state. You didn't need to state what we know. But then they had PlayStation View, which was just t- television, which was what Xbox was toting around a few years ago. Yeah. So I mean, PlayStation didn't yeah. really get me in features. Yeah. Like I mean, Microsoft had the freaking Hololens, which is like. Pretty, really cool. Oh, when they showed... I, I'm not a fan of Minecraft, but when I saw that, I was like, I need to buy me some Minecraft right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea, but I'm like, I'm not sure if I prefer HoloLens over uh, the Oculus Rift, or... Because, like, what's better, being placed in the video game or seeing the video game in your own world? You can be God, or you can be the, or you can be the player. I think I'd rather be in the game because isn't that's what you strive for when you make a game, or like when you make an engaging movie, you want to envelop them in this universe that you've constructed and get them invested in it. Well, I'm like, this is the next dimension of being put into a video game. Like the the horror games that come from the Oculus Rift are going to be intense. People are gonna die. <laughs> There's gonna be some regulation on that stuff because it's gonna be so intense. But, <laughs> but the Hololens is really cool. It's just like, yeah. But how much am I gonna do with that? You're not gonna do much with it, right? It's just gonna be like for games like potentially The Sims, yeah, like game like creation ones where you're like sort of already playing as the god of the world, but you're now playing it in like a 3D, yeah, virtual. I like virtual the game. Life that I made up in my head where you look out your window and like your backyard lights up with targets and you, you shoot a gun at it with the HoloLens. That'd be a cool game. You could do stuff like that. Yeah, there's really unique things that you could do with this new technology that they're coming out with. Yeah. Um, I don't think that a lot of people will get... I think we're going to probably see more of like what came out with like the PlayStation Move and the yeah. Connect because those two have been kind of like I'm going to personally like, say failure yeah, projects. Yeah, they're gimmicks. They're gimmicks. The move was more of a failure project than the uh, Kinect, but the Kinect, like, yeah. I'd still rather have an Xbox without the Kinect. Like, um, no. yeah. It's, yeah it's... it's still bad. I mean, Nintendo just has the market on motion, so it just, just whatever. I mean, you can't you can't really beat them. No, you can't. Sort of pioneer it. Can't. Can never beat Nintendo. You can only you can only eclipse them for that year or for that frame in time. Well, Nintendo really sort of. I'm gonna be honest. They dropped the ball. Well, see, Nintendo back when, like, 
there was like all these new conventions like Mario 64 and 3D platforming and 64-bit systems. They were always at the the forefront of like gaming innovation, but they've kind of like toned down a little bit because they've they like keep to their own series as well as innovating in more software-based ways. Like they're making new and different games that are unique because they're like jumping onto the uh indie developer thing and indie developers things are to make the game that nobody's ever made before and whereas sony and microsoft are like they're producing more hardware they're building the really ridiculous consoles they're making the fancy controllers they're making the virtual reality so i think i think it's a change in market direction for nintendo so the Losing E3 doesn't mean a lot. Oh, it doesn't. No. At all. I think Nintendo's back... It's gonna, like, next year, you're gonna see a resurgence in Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't... I don't. I think this year, they're sort of, like, off the beaten path, but they've got so... They could potentially have so many good things coming out next year that I think it's gonna potentially bring them back to where they were last year, where they completely stole the show. Everyone was just Nintendo which was really surprising because it hasn't been that yeah, way I can't, the longest time. I can't wait till Nintendo gets a chance to make a game for the Oculus Rift, for that reality, because they're the ones who are going to make the greatest game ever on that. Oh, think Oculus Rift, Metroid. Yes, yes, exactly. Oh. They don't need to win this E3, but like that doesn't mean that they're still Nintendo. They're still Nintendo. And Speaking of Metroid, let's go into one of the more disappointing things of E3, was where we heard a new Metroid Prime game was announced. And while it's gotten so much hate that people are even petitioning online to get it cancelled. That's Metroid Prime Federation Force. That's ridiculous. That's a is that a, a milestone in gaming history? Has that ever happened before? Well, I don't think it's happened. I think people want to like have like regressed their memory of some games. That's like, uh, if... well, yeah. Mistakes are mistakes are made, but mistakes have never been voted out of existence before they happen. It's true. Yeah, that's new. Well, I think I'm... we're just. Oh, I think it has something to do with like the general education of the gaming community. Gamers know so much. What with the co- like communications age of the internet so when when the entire community sees a game that they can all say is going to be terrible you can actually like before the game comes out make a petition to get rid of it because that many people know what they're talking about or at least feel they know what they're talking about but at the exact same time like as much as i personally would rather see another metroid prime game that is in the like uh uh, continuality i think right because they're all in like one timeline yeah, like no, like the original Metroid has its own, and the Metroid Prime has its own. I want to see more Metroid Prime. I want to see more Samus. I don't want to see this. Yeah. But at the exact same time, I don't want to have to deny other people the potential enjoyment of having this game. Yeah. Like, but that's that's always been Nintendo's thing. Nintendo's all about the mascot. Why would they go ahead and get rid of the mascot? I think because of Other M. Really, there's been such a huge backlash on Other M that I think maybe they're like, we might need to tone it down a bit. Have there been 
that's I'm not sure if that's a big enough reason to get rid of a mascot. Have there been any other have there been any shitty Mario games? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're not gonna get rid of Mario. Have there been shitty Zelda well, games? Well they have they have sort of like backtracked on Mario a bit, if you think about it. You're Luigi. Instead of celebrating Mario, they celebrate Luigi for an entire year. They sort of have backtracked on the mascot before to let them have the rest. To sort of like push forth other things. Mm. Like, I think they might have put, like, put back Metroid in the background to sort of sell, in this case, like, things like Animal Crossing and Legend of Zelda, like, a few Zelda games this, this E3. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, there's a lot of things Nintendo were doing that they're sort of, like, the fans don't want, but they think, but they're probably thinking in a marketing sense. I've never seen that. That's like, that's like, I know that. The, like his name is the name of the game, but that's like if Skylanders had just like gotten rid of it had been Spyro Skylanders, but Spyro wasn't actually in it. <laughs> like that doesn't make sense. But at the exact same time, Metroid Prime Federation Force will still be that big flop. I predict. Mm. I predict it's just gonna yeah. be a huge. It looks like it. So. What I am excited for, though, is I've, uh, do you hear about Horizon Zero Dawn? Oh, yes. That looks so cool. That is, a, that is a new idea that looked amazingly executed beautifully, and I'm so pumped. It's been a while since a game has immediately, like, psyched me, like, so hard, but that one did. I personally felt that the despite like the big bombs that were dropped in Sony, Sony's press conference, like Last Guardian, oh, yeah. Fantasy Seven, oh, this yeah. one did not like stop. Like they went Last Guardian, boom. Now here's a new IP that looks amazing. Yes. We have like sort of like this broken down world that is very reminiscent of Sony one of Sony's biggest games, which is The Last of Us. Yeah. But adding in a new unique element, like Robotic animals. animals. Robotic animals. That fight that you see in the gameplay trailer, like, I don't know, that reminded me of something out of Monster Hunter mixed with, mixed with, like, a Call of Duty game mixed with Dark Souls. <laughs> it's so cool. I'm so excited to see what they do. It has, like, the open world going for it. It has crafting going for it, I think. I'm not sure if it was actually shown, but, like, it, lo it looks like it, right? Pick up scrap from dead robot dinosaurs. Yeah. At the exact same time, the gameplay looks fantastic. It did. I mean, the fast-paced nature of the game. You're able to slow down, shoot the shoot the arrows at the at the bottom of it. You have different tipped arrows for different for different yeah, forms the, of the combat. Yeah, the fact that it's like you a can... puzzle, it's a process to defeat the thing. You have to do multiple steps. Exactly. Without getting and killed. Focus. Yeah. It like, showed so much potential in the short amount of time. That's how you show off a game at E3. I don't know why that's not being talked about more. I I think it's sort of like everyone's sort of in awe. They're like, oh, Shenmue 3. Oh, Final, oh, Final Fantasy. Final <gasps> oh, they're like, oh, Horizon Zero Dawn. That looked amazing, but I mean, it's at the background of my mind because uh, there's so many things that have been at the popularity poll. I think that's what everyone is thinking. Yeah, but that we're playing on like historical significance 
Like, these but games are most... exciting because of games in the past. This game is exciting because it's new and amazing. Like, isn't that what you want from E3? I know it's a big, like, twist. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Bet you didn't see that coming, but... <laughs> I want to go to E3 to see the next biggest and brightest, and I think Horizon Zero Dawn is that. Well, for me, I think the next biggest and brightest, and I'm trying to find it here, could potentially be just the record, which was shown at the Xbox conference. Now, this is pure cinematic. Mm-hmm. Pure cinematic trailer. But at the exact same time, it was that little thing that they showed at the beginning. From the creators of Metroid Prime. And that's oh, where yeah. they're going to have a little bit of the... That's where they're going to dig it in. Was it like, we got those guys. They left Nintendo. They don't, they're don't. they not at Nintendo anymore. They're with us. Therefore, wow. this game will already have people who are miffed. Who are angry at Nintendo for doing that to Metroid Prime. Just gravitating towards this game already. This is not going to... Like, I think that was what they really sold. I... With the concepts that were introduced from the cinematic trailer, I can see some amazing stuff coming from those guys. But at the exact same time, it's cinematic Yeah, we didn't see anything. And it looks like... uh, Was it... It was listed as an independent, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um... So... So that means there's probably not a big team working on it. There probably wasn't a big team for Metroid Prime, but it takes a lot more to make a game now than it did then. But, I mean, we've we've had a lot of games that have come from indie developers. Like, let it grow? Grow Home, that's what it was, my bad. Like, Grow Home? That was uh, Ubisoft or Microsoft? Just some guys at one of those... I'm sorry, I can't remember which company it was, but just a couple guys from that company presented a game to the head, and they're like, we made this game, and it was so cool that they just immediately released it, like... No, we're not going to put our team onto this to make a game out of this. You already made one. Just release it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that. I've, I've been sort of like getting into the indie market. And I think that this E3, they sort of like had a huge focus on the indie market. Yeah. More so and that's something we haven't seen at E3 because only the big names get like, you got to pay money to get there. So the fact that the indie developer, which is the guy with no money, basically, like, that's their role, somehow getting onto E3 like that, it's nice. I know, like, and I don't think even, I I think people sort of, like, think that Nintendo didn't show any, barely, I don't even think they showed an an indie game this E3, but at the exact same, at the exact same um, time, online, on YouTube, on their account, they released uh, like an enormous amount of trailers for all of their upcoming um, indie indie titles. Oh like, yes, they, I did see that whole thing. That was impressive. I thought they I, were like, was that? I thought that was just uh, indie games coming to XBLA. No, that was um, indie games coming to Nintendo eShop. Oh, they they have a huge lineup of release of games that are going to be released. Um, they have Freedom Planet, which is like the Sonic game that was originally on the P- on the PC. It's now being ported over to the Wii U. Yeah. They had Shantae, which basically is a platformer that garnered a lot of respect, is being put on the Wii U. 
there's a lot of these little indie games that really garnered a lot of respect that are now like on the um that had their first look from the from their from Nintendo's yeah, YouTube channel. That's back perfect to what I was saying about Nintendo's market change. That's a great direction to go. That's exactly what Nintendo would do. Would go towards the blossoming and new like area, which is indie development. Yeah, it's about time that we get away from the names sometimes. Like, we don't... Like, I'll be honest, I didn't really want another Uncharted. I played Uncharted. Oh. I didn't want it. Oh, come but on. At the exa- I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a huge fan of Uncharted 4. So when I hear about indie games, like, coming, I'm like, yes, I like these new faces. I didn't like a lot of the old faces. I'll be honest. I don't know. Uncharted 4, the reason why Uncharted is good is, like, you know, it's a ride. So there's only a so much amount of content apart from the multiplayer they had in 3 and maybe 2, I don't remember. But, like, so 4, like, that's the perfect uh, franchise to just make more of. So I'm to- I was I'm totally excited for Uncharted 4, but I see what you're saying, because that is that is the new direction in game development is the indie thing, and I don't think that the indies like the, we have kind of like the culture has adopted the indie development because the big names like commercials and stuff don't necessarily, but the gaming community is so informed that everybody knows about that. Like I watch YouTube every day and. Indie Impressions by Rockley Smile is, like, I've seen so many indie games that are just, like, really cool concepts and tech demos, or like the, what is it, the Game Jam L40-something? Crap. I can't remember what the name of that, but like, it's a it's an indie development competition. You make a game in 24 hours based on, like, an idea, and then whoever makes the best game wins. Hmm. Yeah. That's a wonderful indie development thing. So, I think it's like it's it's already happened this change into indie developed minded because we've learned that you can make a game with little that's amazing for artistic reasons because video games are becoming an art you don't need a super big budget to make a subpar game which happens all the time but uh it's it's finally branching out into the big stuff because we're seeing it at E3 it it's it's bursting the bubble of underground community indie development into the mainstream it's finally happening we're finally getting more (laughs) more of of the little guy just what america wants (laughs) so let's let uh before we move on to some of the big like uh, a few more big things let's talk about rare for a second the company that was on the top of the gaming world and then found itself quickly at the bottom yep (laughs) They came up with the Rare Collection, which to me, with them basically saying, see, this is how good we used to be. Yeah, before they started making just, like, models for the big guys. That's all (laughs) they were doing, was just making, like, character models. Exactly, because half the people that did a lot of those games in the Rare Collection, 30 games, are now not on their staff. They're doing other projects. Yeah. And then they showed Sea of Thieves, yes. which seemed like a multiplayer thing that didn't excite me at all. No, because we've seen that type of game too many times. Like, just by looking at the shoddy 
character animations and the name above the head, you know it's like it's basically RuneScape pirates. Guns of Vic, uh, I think it's like Skies of Icarus. Guns of Icarus, Guns of Icarus is different. That's like fighting on balloon ships. Oh, exactly. Oh, right. Yeah, but on boats. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah totally. It's, it's like that, but I mean, at the exact same time, is Rare trying to ride on that success? Has Rare's ever made a game like that? Or, that's again the problem. Yeah. Rare has never made a game like yeah. that. They're trying to yeah. sort of do a different direction, which isn't what people wanted from them no. at all. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, if you see Valve or Bethesda make something different, they have the kind of name where you can say, like, yeah, that game is probably going to be good because Bethesda slash Valve slash id is making it. Rare doesn't have that. They don't have it anymore. No, Rare is the only person who could make a Banjo-Kazooie, but they made Nuts and Bulls. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't see a lot from, it's a really cool idea, like most of the things at E3, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Who knows? It could have that rare charm. There could be something about it, but I I wasn't super excited. No, the rare charm will come from Ukulele, which is that uh, Kickstarter game that was uh, basically taken up by all these creators from, of Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, yeah. So I don't think Rare's going to have this. I think Rare's just going to keep on spiraling down that yeah. toilet. Oh, well. They, had, they, they did what they needed to. We got Conqueror's Bad Fur Day. What else do we need? That's true. But then we also got nuts and bolts. Yeah, whatevs. Like I said, <laughs> mistakes are made. That mistakes one would have been voted off if it had been made today. Yeah, that, that, one that one would be getting Metroided. There you go. Metroided. Yeah. That's a new term. <laughs> oh, that's, there you go. That's going to get coined. Now on. <laughs> Whenever that happens, it's being Metroided. Okay. Let's talk about the big... Like, I think this is one of the bigger... Things and we didn't touch anything on Bethesda yet. No, no, we didn't. And I think we need to, cause Fallout Four. Gosh darn! If it isn't going to convert me to loving Fallout, I don't know what will. It's super cool, just the fact that Bethesda actually did a conference at this year's E3, because they normally haven't. They normally just have a panel like the other developers, but the way like they almost took the show. I'm not gonna say they won it. Like, they had, they no. did so much so right, but Fallout 4 was shown off beautifully. I'm so excited for Fallout 4. Like, you just had to tell me Fallout 4 existed to me, for me to be excited about it. But what I saw, I, like, every minute got me more and more pumped for that game. Oh, I can't, I could not agree more. As soon as they said, oh, we're taking this, like, you have to create your own, like, community sort of, yeah. like, your community base. Yeah. I personally found that the most interesting thing because there's this huge post-apocalyptic world that you can now take apart and make it your own. And you can take apart and rebuilding it. That's just cool. And what I like, as because I'm this sort of different kind of gamer, as cool as that is to me, that's something I would be upset if it were like a super integral part of the game like if you like you had to do that to get the best items i remember him saying that some of the best items show up in the merchants that you have to like build houses for in your community uh... and i was like if that's the only way to get those items i'm gonna be really upset because i probably don't want to put that much time into it i'll probably make something but i'm not gonna go spending hours building a community i want to go spending hours exploring the wastes and they said it's just a small part of a massive game it's totally optional so 
they they did it right. They made something that's really cool and unique and is an into a great franchise without effing up the formula. <laughs> but then I have to say the reverse approach of like creation worked for me against them when they were talking about Doom. I don't know. Comparatively. I think I think it did because I feel like Halo did that first. And who cares if Halo did it first? But, but Halo got, might have it's the same better. thing as Final Fantasy VII remake. It's Doom remake. Like Doom was awesome. It had art direction and it was a great shooter. Now we're gonna get the 2015 Doom or 16 Doom, whenever it's actually releasing. Okay. Yeah, for me and I and a lot of people that I was with, we didn't really gravitate to Doom at all. For the factor of it felt more repetitive. Are you not a first-person like, shooter game? Or do you play first-person shooters? I I used like during the Xbox 360 and the PS3 era, I was a first-person shooter. Like I was enjoying that era. Oh yeah. And then I'm sort of like saying, huh, I'm gonna step back a bit and I'm gonna see where the cards lie yeah. this this era of gaming. Doom didn't didn't Doom didn't impress me. Well, Doom it was the same. Really... Doom was the same thing as like it's his. It wins for historical significance because it was like one of the first shooters. It's not the first first-person shooter. So when you originate a genre, you immediately become famous, regardless of how good your game is. But this, but this as a game, and uh, I've heard that the last Doom game did not do well at all. No, but that happened. What was it? 10 years or 5 years? <laughs> That's a long time ago. Yeah, no, uh, no, after the original Doom. Like, how much time was there oh, yeah. between Doom 1 and 2? That's true. Yeah. Well, well, I think it was Doom 3 that everyone sort of wasn't. And keep in mind that this is Bethesda. This isn't id. This is Bethesda making a Doom game. And, like, Bethesda's always about, you know, like, Fallout is a first-person shooter. But it's not like super FPSy, it's RPG and exploring world and all that and leveling up. This is like, uh, did you play Wolfenstein, the new one, a new order? No, no, that I was have, super good and it was made by Bethesda and it was a fast-paced action shooter, but it wasn't a Call of Duty. It was its own thing. So for Bethesda to take the reins on Doom and to see the gore and action and explosions that is certainly going to be Doom updated to today's graphical level is going to be, it's just exciting in itself. But again, we're also going to need to look back at, and I'm probably going to bring this up sort of like a little bit of like uh, potential backlash was everyone waited a long time for Duke Nukem forever. Yeah. And that game sort of flopped. Who made Duke Nukem forever? I don't remember. Exactly. But I mean, in the same, but <laughs> exactly, it, it wasn't Bethesda making making Duke Nukem 3D whatever. But again, we we see time and time again the series brought back, and it just doesn't work. They don't translate into this era, and I feel like Doom is gonna potentially. And I'm actually still a little bit interested in this game because I because I think the gameplay gameplay looks flawless. Yeah, problem that will come with it is people have that same sort of hesitation. Was, we saw Duke Nukem come back. We've seen other games come back. Maybe we don't want to see Doom come back. 
because we've seen that we've seen do we've seen Doom three. Yeah, like the original Doom and and Doom were very similar, but like they went the wrong direction with Doom because I mean with a uh, Duke Nukem because Duke Nukem was about you know the ball strokes and the man macho ness and the women. That's what it was <laughs> about, and we all know it. It was basically Doom with that. So we had the funny spinoff get a remake first. That was terrible, which makes sense. Now we're having the original get a remake, and it's by a prolific developer. So I think we're going to get a lot more than someone like you would expect from Doom. But I also, because of the it's the genre, it's just a first-person shooter, Like I don't think it's going to be revolutionary. I don't think it has the potential that Final Fantasy VII does. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be awesome. And I'm pretty sure it's going to be awesome, no matter what. At least good, because it's Bethesda and it's Doom. That's like, you cool. can't go wrong, really. Um, you can, but... Well, I mean, you can always go wrong, <laughs> but I haven't seen Bethesda do it yet, so... I got hopes. Uh, Unless you consider Elder Scrolls Online, but I'm just not a MOBA fan. <laughs> I'm just not a MOBA fan. Okay. I mean, okay. MMO. I always do that. Too many M's. <laughs> Too many, too many M's, M's and too many O's. So, about the Square Enix conference. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Bethesda, they did well. Square Enix, they did the worst. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I I didn't see a conference that did worse than Square Enix. Yeah. Basically, the only things that came from that were, like, the announcements that they made. And just on face value. On face value alone, like, like, are we supposed to, after seeing Final Fantasy thirteen, thirteen two, and Lightning's Return, which was a terrible game <laughs> series, I don't know why they had that idea in their head that they were going to continue that series. Yeah, I don't but... even know why Square Enix gets a a conference. To be honest, not like I'm well, I'm dissing on Square Enix; they've done some good stuff, but like, no, why? Why did that have to happen? They're repeating. They repeated a lot of the same stuff shown at other conferences. Mm. We've already seen the Final Fantasy VII remake yeah. trailer. We've already seen World of Final Fantasy trailer. We've already seen Hitman. Yeah. We didn't need to see. We've seen Rise of Tomb Raider. We didn't need to see it again. Yeah. But what they did show was Kingdom Hearts three. Oh yeah. But, uh, like, that's the one title that you don't even have to show anything. It's, like, it's like basic, it's basically <laughs> Half-Life 3 being announced. That, that's true. All you need is a Twitter message that has, like, HL3 from Gabe and a date, and it's on. It's just on. <laughs> like, that's all you need. So, yeah, I agree that the Square Enix conference was totally superfluous, but I am glad that I heard about Kingdom Hearts 3, because I am buying that game no matter what. Yeah. And HL3 and could actually mean... sure most of the people my age are too. Oh yeah. And HL3 could mean half lunch. <laughs> half lunch That's what he calls so... his lunch, just to mess with people. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go make half lunch. Half lunch. But, <laughs> but yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3, as soon as they said Tangled... I was actually excited because when they showed it, it looked like it was from the movie, but like better. Yeah, graphics. yeah. Because the how long has it been since two? It's been a long yeah, time. So, been, yeah, so yeah, I can't PS2. wait to see that updated. Oh, 
And they've 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 said, I believe Nomera has stated that this is going to be a lot more new worlds. Okay. We're going to have so we're going to have a lot more chances of famous films or more more popular films like say Atlantis, unfortunately Frozen, yeah. um like a bunch of these films coming as worlds. I and... just uh I'm sorry. I hope they don't make you spend not enough time in the worlds because that's one of the things I felt they did with Kingdom Hearts 2. There were a bunch of worlds, but you went to them like multiple times for multiple reasons, but you were only there for like like 45 minutes of game time. And then you went and did something else. Oh yeah, that that I think like even less in like the easier difficulties. But Kingdom Hearts 3, I think it has that saving grace of the name. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. Like I don't think I think everyone's just sort of not going to care. Yeah. If they have to go back, they're just like I get to go back to this world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if it is only thirty minutes of being in a spot, oh how sweet a thirty minutes it's gonna be. Like doesn't oh, yeah. matter. <laughs> it'll it'll just be more tragic that it's that short. Yeah. Unfortunately, Warren I I hope and this is like nothing bad, but Leonard Nimoy Bless his soul on his passing. It was very sad. I'm I'm gonna feel bad if they don't if they have to replace him for this one. Oh yeah. To be honest, like and Christopher Lee as well. Yeah. I think Christopher Lee played a character in this one as well. Yeah. Uh... So I I don't know if they're gonna be in it, which kind of really like sort of like tears tears me apart because I'm like I hope they did it before they. Passed. That's always and sad. And with today's yeah. like you can you can like effectively recreate them like digitally like with you know smoke and mirrors oh yeah especially in a kingdom hearts setting i believe but you're right i hadn't thought about that yeah it's gonna be that's a little that's a little um thing that we're gonna have to look to Mm. what did you think about project setsuna i have no idea what you just said project setsuna yeah i don't know what that is actually it was the thing that square enix is like this is the thing Oh, well, that's probably why I don't remember it at all. There you go. <laughs> they, just, they started talking about it, and, like, all these, like, um, images pop in the background of, like, concept art. Yeah. And we're just all sitting there going, okay. I think that's, like, an attempt to spawn, like, rumors, like, you know, the the secret project thing that nobody knows anything about. <laughs> it's all mysterious just to build up some hype, hype, which is totally something I see Square Enix doing. Oh, not yeah. like there's like they're wrong for doing it. It just didn't work on me. <laughs> I've it's too much of an informed era that I I know nothing, so I care not. Care not for this. I care not for whatever that was. Water. All right. And... Well, we oh. are just about out of time. So before we go, is there any plugs you'd like to make? Any plugs? Nah, not really. I'm not really. Nope. I'm not. I don't like plugging into outlets. No. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> well, this was Sean Com- Comrie. Comrie. I got it right the first time. <laughs> you One did. out of two ain't bad. <laughs> Sean Comrie on the Game Review Pad podcast for E3. Make sure to check out our other E3 reaction podcast with other contributors. I will be your host, Oliver Prevo, and I will see you next time. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.